Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Scaling New Heights podcast. For the next month, the Scaling New Heights podcast will focus on a few of CPA Practice Advisors 2016 Most Powerful Women in Accounting category. And these awards were handed out recently at QuickBooks Connect in San Jose, California. And we want to feature the strength of these women in the industry by hearing their thoughts and their perspectives. The editor-in-chief of CPA Practice Advisor, Gail Perry, said that these leaders are, quote, setting new standards for professionalism within accounting and are shaping the profession through their work as partners, mentors, innovators, and thought leaders. Well, I agree wholeheartedly with that statement. During today's episode, we will talk with Ingrid Edstrom, one of the 2016 Most Powerful Women in Accounting, and our conversation with Ingrid and this entire podcast series is made possible by the generosity of our partners, Smart Biz Loans, Entryless, and Neat. Smart Biz Loans is perfect for those times when your clients need to refinance high-cost debt and get additional working capital. Smart Biz Loans streamlines the SBA. Now, that's traditional SBA bank loans. They streamline that application process so your clients can easily apply online and receive funding as quickly as seven days after their application is approved. So go to water.com slash podcast for more information, including how you and your clients can save $500 on loan closing costs. That's an exclusive offer to our podcast audience. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. Ingrid is a self-professed bookkeeping nerd and is the CEO of Polymath LLC in Ashland, Oregon. She loves taking topics that most small business owners put on a scale from boring to terrifying and turning them into a fun and rewarding part of entrepreneurship. Ingrid is the creator of askabookkeeper.com online educational series, a member of Profit First Professionals, a member of the Intuit Trainer Writer Network, founder of the Southern Oregon Bookkeepers Association, and leader of the Southern Oregon Woodard Group. She was recently recognized as one of the accounting professionals top 40 under 40, and of course, to be part of this series, one of the most powerful women in accounting. Now, before I bring Ingrid onto the call today, I want to thank another of our podcast partners, Entryless. Entryless provides automated bill pay and processing, and it seamlessly integrates with cloud solutions that are a must-have for your firm and your clients. Entryless converts your supplier's bills into accounting data, converts the actual paper bill or emailed bill into accounting data, and automates the general ledger entry and the payment, and it frees up your time, especially if you're providing outsourced bookkeeping services, so that you can increase profits and focus on more of the value-added services. Well, our partner, Entryless, is offering you 2,000 automated bills for free. Learn more about this offer at water.com slash podcast. Now, today's topic is on networking, and I wanna quickly restate the three pillars of Intuit's firm of the future. The first pillar, is to add value as a trusted advisor with your clients. And that's through proactive behavior. That's through forward-looking analytics and measurements and then value price accordingly. So all of that is pillar number one. And that means if you're adding value, 
you can stop trading hours for dollars, you can stop being considered by as overhead by your clients, and you can become an agent of small business transformation. It is Woodard's mission to empower you to be an agent of small business transformation. And it is our vision to transform all small businesses. And that's big, and I know it's a big, hairy, audacious goal, but it's our goal through the tens of thousands of you to transform small business, and that means we must empower you to do so. And all of that is toward this goal, this first pillar. And in value pricing, you charge, you price a percentage under the wealth that you generate for the client, not a percentage over the cost that you incur. Now, the second pillar of Firm the Future is to get online. Now, get online is not just with your accounting solution like QBO or even just with the products that integrate with QuickBooks. It's about collaborating with your clients while you're online. So make sure that the systems you're adopting there facilitate not just the bookkeeping process, but the entire of the client relationship. Collaborative solutions like Slack or Microsoft's new product called Teams is a great way to interact with your clients dynamically. Then you've got the third pillar. The third pillar of Firm of the Future is to get connected. And that means building communities around your distinctive qualities as a professional and as a firm. All right, so now let's get to the conversation with Ingrid because Ingrid agrees completely about the power of building online communities. She, like me, is a big advocate of Intuit's Firm of the Future and the entire concept behind it. But we're gonna take a little bit of a twist here on community building. Even though Ingrid sees the importance of online communities and even though she's engaged there, Ingrid says that face-to-face networking is critical to community building. So let's get to that conversation with Ingrid. Ingrid, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Joe. Thanks so much for this opportunity. Yeah, it's great to have you here. I want to jump straight into my first question for you. I know face-to-face networking interaction is a really, really big deal for you. And I know that it's been a cornerstone of the way that you've built and the way you sustain your practice. So why is networking an important part of a complete business strategy for accounting firms or maybe for our clients as well? Why is it so important? Absolutely. Yes, definitely for both accounting firms and our clients. The important thing to remember is that marketing is all about communication. There's a lot of emphasis as we look around ourselves in our marketing messages, the advertising on just sell, 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 buy, buy, buy. But really when the the core fundamentals of marketing is that it's all about communication and communication is about connection, real, true, valuable connection with other people. The reason that we are all here on this world is to learn and grow with our relationships with other living things, whether those things be people, animals, plants, whatever the case may be, we are all here to connect. And if we focus on those relationships rather than just sell, 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 we are going to have much deeper and more valuable relationships. And when I say more valuable, I do also mean more profitable. So focusing on building relationships that are founded in the three pillars of networking, which is no like, and trust, making sure that those deeper relationships have meat to them rather than just 
seeing things out there and deciding to buy something. That's what's really important. And in order to build those relationships, you've got to put yourself out there. You've got to be willing to help other people and make yourself a resource in your chosen community. And those communities can be local. They can stretch beyond your clients. They can be online. It can be a variety of communities. The important thing is that it's more than just visibility online. You mentioned an acronym right there. You said no, trust. What was the middle one? No, like, and trust. No, yep. like, and trust. Can you drill down on no, like, and trust for, for us? Absolutely. So generally with networking relationships, in order to develop those relationships into profitable relationships, there's a series that we have to go through. And I learned about this through my networking relationships in BNI, which is Business Network International, what we like to call the VCP process, visibility, credibility, profitability. So in order to really develop your network, in order to develop relationships that are going to become profitable relationships, you have to start by putting yourself out there, by being visible, by having people notice you, getting your card out there, getting your name out there, having people say, you know, oh, Joe, yeah, that's that guy who um, does that Woodard thing. Yeah, we know about him. They're your visibility. But oftentimes people need to see things seven times or more before it clicks and they start to understand that that might be something that's useful to them. So the next step is wanting to build up credibility. Credibility is your reputation. So making sure that you are getting information out there that has meat behind it so that people can hear more than just your name and what you do. And oftentimes it's going to be people that they already know, like, and trust who are talking about you, getting testimonials out there. Sometimes it's things like, oh, Joe, I heard that he puts on this fantastic accounting conference. Maybe I should check that out. You know, Something that has weight behind it of, wow, this person's doing big things, will get more attention than just putting your name out there. And then the third tier is profitability. And that's when those relationships have gotten deep enough or people have gotten to know you well enough, you've built up your reputation enough that those relationships become profitable and they turn into referrals, they turn into the people that are hearing about you buying things, but also the people who have purchased from you referring you to other people so that it's a warm introduction. And that's the focus on profitable relationships. The important thing is that all of this takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. This is something that is so much more profound than just placing a newspaper ad or putting your name in the phone book or putting up a website. That's all visibility. And for the most part, those kinds of advertising mechanisms stay at visibility unless you do something more to build your reputation and get yourself out there more than just placing the ad. Placing the ad isn't good enough anymore. People want real connection with their service providers and even with their colleagues. Yeah, Ingrid, you've just hit the nail on the head because I, I think you've drawn one of the key distinctions here between online community building and real relationship building. And, and that's what I heard you say in your first answer. That was the key to it, that face-to-face, peer-to-peer networking is, is intense relationship building. Well, if I'm in an online environment, if I'm in a general open forum, if I am on Twitter, if I'm on LinkedIn, I can 
get people to know me. I can create awareness. And, yep. I, and that's at the heart of Firm of the Future. They're treating that Get Connected as a modernized, future-looking marketing tool over traditional marketing methodology. So Intuit recognizes it's primarily about being known. I would even go so far as to say that if I manage online community building well, I might even endear people to me. I might even accomplish some of your like goal, not all of it as you described it, but I might get a little bit into those waters. But it's very, mm -hmm. very hard if it's possible at all to create true trust, not trust that somebody that you know your topic or that you can answer a question well. I would put that back in the no category. But relationship, human-to-human trust-based relationship, nearly impossible, if not impossible, in a virtual world. And that's why I think you're so passionate about that face-to-face. -face. Now, you are passionate about it. Tell us how you got into it, what birthed that passion, and what has, what has, <laughs> what has been the impact of this sort of intense networking on your practice? Absolutely. Well, when I first started Polymath back in 2008, I knew plenty about bookkeeping and very little about being a self-employed professional. <laughs> I took the jump into starting my own accounting practice and I had no clue where to find my first clients. And it was right at the end of 2008, so 2008 is fairly negligible. Um, 2009, I you know, did some work for some friends and family over the course of 2009, and I know we're talking to accountants here, so I'm going to give you the numbers because, of course, everyone wants the numbers. 2009, I made about 10000 bucks. So not terrible for first year in business. You know, I didn't, I didn't totally, you know, tank it. So, but 2010 is when one of my brand new clients that I had managed to find miraculously through an ad that I placed, the only client I've ever gotten through advertising, <laughs> introduced me to BNI, which is Business Network International. And I joined BNI in February of 2010. And with my relationships in BNI, the really neat thing about BNI specifically is that it's not just about the networking, it's about the education. And I would say if there is one thing, just one thing that separates the business owners that are happy and thriving versus just surviving, if surviving, it's that those entrepreneurs, those business owners put a lot of focus on their investment into their own personal growth and education. Ongoing education is the key to having a thriving business rather than just a surviving business. Where there's an investment, there's a return. No investment, no return. And what you're saying is, um, I was just starting out. I was, I was in a position where every single penny mattered, but I was willing to make the investment, and then I think in your case, as just starting your practice, I would even say incur the risk of an investment like that of time and energy, and uh, in in the belief that it would uh, make a significant difference, and it definitely seems it has. Right? You mentioned BNI. Absolutely. You mentioned BNI. Mm -hmm. What are some of the other networks that people can get involved in out there? I want to hop back really quick, Joe, to the investment piece because I oh, think yeah, that sure. there's a piece there that would be really helpful to people. I would definitely recommend networking for people who are getting started in their practice as a really great way to get going. And in addition to that, as far as that investment goes, 
keeping in mind that as you're just getting started, you know, the old adage, you got to spend money to make money, you know, keep in mind your budget and make sure that you're not stretching, you know, past what you can, but really weigh the cost-benefit analysis of your marketing strategies and don't go throwing money down pipes of ads and phone books and things like that because all of those things stay at visibility. You've got to focus on the long game and developing relationships and that's that key place of as accountants we've got to get out from behind our computers and talk to people. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Now you just mentioned BNI as an example of something you called a hard group. Um, I've heard you say before yep. that you classified networks in four different classifications. You've said social, soft, hard, and professional. Can you describe what you mean by that? And you, can you give us some examples of other kinds of networking groups that our folks can join? Absolutely. So social or civic networks are um, things like uh, Rotary, Elks, Kiwanis, Church, um, things where you're there for a social or a civic community-focused purpose. You're not necessarily there for business networking, but of course you're going to meet people. And sometimes those relationships turn into business relationships. You can meet other professionals in those arenas. And it's important to ask ourselves, what networks are you already present in that you could be leveraging more to deepen those relationships and take them into a new arena? How many people do you already know that you might be able to develop more effective business relationships with? And then soft networks would be like our local chamber of commerce. So local chamber, if you've never been to a chamber meeting before, is just about every community has one. And business owners can go, you can become a member. And the main thing is that pretty much anybody can join your local chamber of commerce. So there might be five other accountants in that room who you're in direct competition with, even if it's very friendly, healthy competition. So hard networks like BNI, the main thing that distinguishes those is that there's only one person per professional classification in each chapter of the organization. So when I was in BNI, I was the only bookkeeper in the chapter. We also had a CPA in the chapter, but I don't do tax, so he and I weren't in competition. Um, his office had bookkeepers on staff, but once I built up my reputation with him and with them, his bookkeepers were calling me asking questions because they were on staff bookkeepers just doing data entry kinds of things, and they recognized that I was more of a management accountant really advising my clients on these bigger picture pieces, and they didn't know a thing about QuickBooks Online. So we were able to build up really healthy referral relationships between us where we weren't focused on competition. Now, my favorite type of networking group are the professional groups. So these are the ones that really take competition completely out of the equation because it's just a group of that exclusive profession. And that is what I love about the Woodard Network. And thank you so much, Joe, for building that for us. <laughs> Anytime. And yeah, so professional organizations, it's really about collaboration instead of competition. How can we work together to raise each other up? Because the more we work to help each other, a rising tide raises all ships. And each of us has a slightly different business model, a slightly different target market, particular client that we absolutely love. And we're focusing on value pricing 
and making sure that we've got the deep relationships with the clients that we're really going to love, then we're not constantly taking on all comers. It creates a situation where we can refer back and forth to each other, ensuring that each of us only ever works with our absolute favorite client relationships. And that is what's really important. What I've learned about reciprocity, sometimes it's A to B, B to A, and sometimes it's highly measurable. Usually, whenever you're trying to do that and keep scales balanced, you're kind of forcing the situation. You're never more than the sum of your parts. The best kind of reciprocity I've seen is where you're not seeking directly something back. And I'm reading this as kind of how you roll, that you're not seeking something back directly from that. You're putting it into the community and you know that just give it some time and either the community will take care of you or probably what's most likely um, is the community is already taking care of you disproportionately to what you put back in anyway, because that rising tide raising all the ships means that there is more opportunity on the receiving side than there is on the giving side. It's a more than some of the parts um, equation. Now, when you're in these kinds of networking environments, there are some pitfalls though i've heard some some people say that they've kind of it's, it can be a time drain or there can be strained relationships or whatever so you've spent a lot of time on this what are some of the pitfalls and how can folks avoid them some of the main pitfalls to avoid when you are talking with a group of people and getting to know them it's really important to understand who you're talking to and avoid general uncomfortable topics so particularly with your online relationships, you know, many of us at this point have Facebook and Twitter pages. It's really important to make sure that you are putting a professional face forward, recognizing that part of that professional face is what differentiates you as a person and makes you special without offending other people. There's there's a nice fine line. Um, Damien Greathead actually really put put his finger on it for me at Scaling New Heights in 2015. He said, find your echo chamber. Hmm. Find the people with whom your message resonates. And for me, that means putting my whole self out there. But at the same time, that pitfall, I can put my whole self out there without blasting my religious and political views (laughs) on Facebook. That's right. That's going to alienate certain people that in a business arena, I might actually connect with fairly well. And I'll pause you right there because I know you have some other pitfalls you want to say, but I want to comment mm-hmm. that to not to to not speak in certain environments about your political or religious inclinations or some other cause that's very important to you doesn't mean that you are betraying your convictions. It just means that all communication must follow the principles of time, turf, and tone. And if it's not the right time, mm-hmm. it's not the right turf, and professional networking environments are seldom the right turf for polarizing conversations, if ever. And then you've got tone. And then I would add in there, too, if it's not baked into a um, dialogue where you're doing more listening than you are speaking, um, then you're not communicating anyway. You're just making points, and you might as well go buy a billboard someplace if you just want to make a point. So just remember time, turf, tone when it comes to any kind of polarizing conversation, and that'll help you with your networking. All right, now I'm going to leave you alone with your other pitfalls. (laughs) (laughs) So the next one is we touched on it earlier as far as the investment, time versus money. 
networking can take a lot of time. And as far as the different types of networks, social, soft, hard, and professional networks, pick and choose. We only have two hands and 24 hours in a day, and hopefully you're sleeping for a good eight of those and focusing on client work for a good chunk of the rest. Make sure that you're budgeting how much time you're working in your business and how much time you're working on your business. Because networking, if not done with good boundaries and healthy communication, can end up taking over quite a bit. So pick and choose which opportunities you want to take advantage of at any given point. Recognize that it doesn't have to be forever. Saying, hey, I'm going to try chamber for a year doesn't mean that you've got to do chamber forever and ever more. It comes back to knowing ourselves deeply enough and understanding what's a fit and what's not. So there may be something that is a fit for a time, and then that shifts, and that's okay. Understand what your commitments are, what you've agreed to, and try not to overcommit and make sure that you understand how much time that you can really put into anything. And then the last pitfall that I want to touch on is making sure that you really actually do know, like, and trust people before getting into solid referral relationships with them. The analogy that I like to use is don't hand the keys to your house to a complete stranger. (laughs) Whenever we give a referral, we tie our reputation to that referral. And if it turns out that that referral doesn't pan out, whether because maybe the person that we referred this trusted client, friend, family member to just doesn't follow up, they drop the ball, that reflects slightly poorly on us. But down the line, if it develops into a relationship and that person does a poor job, that can reflect poorly and affect our relationship with the person that we gave the referral to. So it's important to understand both giving and receiving. Be patient and make sure that you're really developing those relationships and trust that person on a deeper level like we were talking about. We've just got a few more minutes and I want to land the balloon a little bit here. What can the listeners of this podcast episode do right now What are your tips as a master networker for them to get engaged in networking communities? I think the first big thing is make sure you're focusing on building relationships that are based on helping others, not just selling. Marketing is all about communication. Communication is all about connection with others. So focusing on those relationships and putting yourself out there in the community, whether it be your local community or a greater global community or an online community, however that may be, Focus on helping others. What can you contribute and create that rising tide? And as you're creating that rising tide, make sure that you're focused on not just giving, but also being open to receiving. In the book, The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann, they talk about the five laws of stratospheric success, the fifth of which is the law of receptivity, which is slightly different than the law of reciprocity that you were talking about earlier, Joe, what goes around comes around. The law of receptivity states that in order to effectively give and help others, we have to be open to receiving. And as business owners, entrepreneurs, oftentimes we block that flow. We think that in order to really give of ourselves and help our clients, we have to darn near murder ourselves in the process. And that doesn't actually work. Hmm. We have to be open to receiving the abundance that we're working so hard for. So as we are giving and raising up the ships around us, we have to be open to being raised up in turn. 
You can't anchor yourself to the bottom of the ocean. It doesn't work. <laughs> I like that. I like and, that a lot. And and I think there's a certain yeah. trust. What I'm hearing you say is an undercurrent, really, from the first question to the last question. There's a certain trust that we need to have in our fellow human being that is core to successful networking. And for those of you who've not read it, I strongly recommend reading Stephen M. R. Covey's The Speed of Trust because the principles there are very harmonious with what Ingrid has been saying here about relationship building and trust building. And it doesn't mean that you're blind. Ingrid already said the no and the like may change as you get to know a person better. The like may change. The trust may definitely change. But but if there is an instinctive trust that you place in relationships with human beings, philosophically, generally, universally, and you understand that that two people, three people, ten people are greater than the sum of their parts. If you walk in on that premise, then um, what that what Ingrid has experienced and what Ingrid's challenging you to do will come to fruition. I've seen it over and over again. And, and Ingrid, I could keep talking about this, especially some of these principles of human relationships with you. Maybe a future podcast would be great for that. But I do have to close out here. I want to say thank you so much, Ingrid, for being on the podcast with us today. Great, great thoughts. It's been great having you here. Thank you so much, Joe. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast and our interview with Ingrid Edstrom. Now, before I say goodbye, I'd like to thank our final podcast partner, Neat. Neat provides highly innovative automation technology software that extracts data from both emailed and scanned documents regardless of the type of scanner you use, regardless of the type of document that you place onto that scanner. The data then becomes live or what they call liberated and usable and integrated if it has accounting implications with QuickBooks Online to the general ledger level, not just an attach of the document, but the automation of the entry. This is revolutionary stuff. Neat provides a smarter way to manage receipts, invoices, and it really replaces a lot of that data entry, which is where the entire future of the industry is going. And they are offering two months for free. Now remember, you don't have to buy a hardware, piece of hardware, this is a subscription. If you will go to woodard.com slash podcast, you can learn more about that two month free trial that is exclusive to our podcast listening audience. Now, for more information about today's episode, to explore other episodes in this podcast series, or to learn more about our annual conference, visit woodard.com. That's W-O-O-D-A-R-D.com. As always, we encourage you to stay tuned, stay connected, never stop learning, and scale new heights. <laughs>